Welcome to the Full Dive Gaming Podcast, bringing you a full dive of all the news, discussion, insights you need for virtual reality gaming. This podcast is brought to you by Asterian Products. I see one in the background, actually, on Theron's shelf back there. So if you're here watching the video, you know what it looks like. If you're just listening, check them out on Amazon. Asterian's taking good care of us. I'm Jay Rat, I'm a VR YouTuber. You know me. We have some special guests from the Scuttlebutt Podcast. Theron, introduce yourself and then your friend who's here too. Hey, how's it going, Jay? Uh, my name is Theron. Like you said, we're with the Scuttlebutt Podcast, and I'm here with my co-host Hermes. Um, and together, we are two part the parabolic pair out of a three-man <laughs> team who host podcasts on you know Spotify and all the other major platforms. Mm -hmm. uh, and we're we're we talk about a lot of stuff. It's kind of hard to pin us into one genre. I felt bad for Lipnox when he was trying to remember exactly what it was our show was about <laughs> because everything he said was right. So it's it, we we really we love just talking to guests about whatever they're passionate about and giving them a platform to really you know, speak the truth. I love it. I love it. Well, you're uh, Hermes. You guys have had some VR and that's what brought you to us. Tell our listeners who you are, Hermes, and how did you get involved in all this? Yeah, well, I have Theron to blame for it. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I'm um, like Theron said, two thirds of the podcast is a uh, active duty military. And so that's kind of where I started the whole uh, adventure. We just wanted to, like Theron said, talk some truth and, you know, maybe knock a couple, a couple cold ones back and have a good time. And it's just uh, continued on from there. There's there's not much more to it than that. VR-wise, though, uh, Theron was just kept on me. Hey, man, this is awesome. This is awesome. You're going to love it. You're going to love it. And I was like, oh, okay. Fine. And then when I finally got it, it all clicked. And I was like, oh, I, I understand now. The future is now, old man. And I was uh, I was happy to be a part of it. So that's yeah, kind of where we're at we now. Yeah, we started the YouTube channel, too. So we have Scuttlebutt VR, which is our VR-focused YouTube channel, just because it's a little bit more of a visual medium. We yeah. thought it fit on YouTube really well. Uh, and yeah. So we do different podcasts uh, on there. We've done our adventures in Demio. We have an active series going right now. Uh, nice. just stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, product reviews and then Theron educating again the old man in the room on <laughs> how to use a lot of the technology, what the latest apps are, uh, what the kids are playing and why they're doing that kind of a thing. So it's a lot of fun. <laughs> well, we're excited to have you guys here. And for the listeners out there, you know, we're all about VR here. That's what we're doing. We're telling you about the latest and greatest VR news, discussing the games we've been playing. And we're here for you in the visual medium on YouTube. But we're also, you can take us everywhere to go on all the audio platforms. One thing about your podcast, when I listen to it, you always start off with what you're drinking, what's going on. And so I've got to ask, it's like 10 a.m. here, so I'm not <laughs> expecting anything. But are you guys sipping on anything special today? Ooh, I, I might have to turn my camera back on for that one, but I have a couple whiskeys. I've been following all the the uh, rando drops, and I actually got lucky. The wife picked up a Blanton's, so I haven't I haven't cracked into that yet. But I I think this might be the show to do it. So I'll probably grab an ice cube and pour some of that up. It's not 10 a.m. over here, but it's also not five o'clock. But somewhere it is. <laughs> uh, I it is like you said, Jay. 10 a.m. where I'm at. So I've got uh, just some water. I have a children's birthday party to go to later this afternoon, so I'm waiting until then to get turned up. Oh, come on, there and live a little. <laughs> well, no, that's I, that's what I'm saying. You got to preserve that buzz for the five-year-old birthday party. That's definitely the occasion to get to drink it. Well, I got to share with you guys. I got something in preparation for you guys being here, but it also being 10 a.m. 10 a.m. Lagunitas. Yeah, they definitely. Have they have this new hoppy refresher. It's, it's got no alcohol, no calories, no carbs, no gluten, but it's got hops in it. It's got brewer's yeast in it. And it's like this really refreshing. It almost tastes like, I don't even know how to describe it. It's, it's like if you took the kick out of a beer, but 
took the refreshing side of a beer up a notch. Mm. And that's what this is mm. that I'm sipping on. It's really good. Okay. That sounds interesting. Like uh, the idea of a cold beer on a hot summer's day, but just without the alcohol. Yeah. Exactly. Because sometimes, you know, I, I like a, a nice chill drink, but sometimes when it's really hot, alcohol dehydrates, you know, messes you up a little bit in my opinion. So oh, yeah. I thought this is like the perfect substitute. And then once it cools off in the evening, then you can switch to something stronger. I love it. (laughs) We get questions from our communities. Uh, I picked out a few that I thought might be relevant to having you guys here as well. So for Q&As right now, I got a question from Chili's94 this week. It's a common question that we get asked about VR, of course, but what games can be adapted into VR? Are there any VR games that you'd actually like to see adapted to non-VR? So is there a VR specific game you love, but you're like, oh, I'd probably play this game more if it was flat or if I could see it flat. Darren, why don't you lead us? Do you have any games like this you can think of? That is such a good question. And I'm going through (laughs) and trying to think. The main one that I've played mostly is still VR chat, which does have a PC component. So it does kind of already have that flat screen to it. Mm -hmm. But I do think that something like Bone Labs or Bone Works, if you were able to play that on flat screen, would be really fun to just be able to still play in that physics playground. And it, you might be able to set up, I could see for people who make mods or who are trying to make these crazy levels for other people to load in, it, it would definitely be nice to be able to do the bulk of that work maybe on a flat screen and mm-hmm. then test everything out on VR afterwards. Yeah, yeah. Hermes, how are you doing over there? You got, you got anything special in mind? I I follow Theron's lead on most of this, and so I don't. I I still the only have game to... he plays is Demio, which already exactly. has a flat screen version. So exactly, it does. But have you tried the flat version of Demio? No, Not but at I, all. I, I've actually been able to convince the wife because she, she was thinking like, do I want to get an Xbox? Do I want to get a PlayStation? Do I want to get a VR set? And she's leaning more towards the console because that's what she's always been about. And I was like, well, you could play Demio with us now if you. And so that might be the selling point for her is that she can actually play it on console to actually join the nerdy guys on Saturday. <laughs> it is. I will say I, I'm huge fan of Demio. I absolutely love it. Yeah, I've got the books in the background. You might be able to see them back there. The actual ones from in the game. It is amazing in VR. It's beautiful in VR. I think on PC, it would still be pretty good flat because you have a mouse. But on console, I had a hard time playing it. It was a little finicky because, you know, when you grab your character and you move them to an exact tile you want. Now I was using the console flips, the analog sticks, trying to flip Mm -hmm. them to where I wanted it to go. And it just felt like, oh, I need that, like my actual hand back in the game where I feel like a mouse could pull that off. But a console, it's definitely harder Mm. and not quite as enjoyable or as magical in my opinion so just just forewarning you there well and especially Uh, now that they're adding hand tracking in the near future yeah yeah i got to try that it was really cool we've got a couple questions here that we answered but we got the scuttlebutt podcast i wanted to get your opinions on them of course the first one a classic from jammy vx what's the hardest thing about doing content creation just being consistent i would say is the hardest thing to me like it, it sometimes you're inspired and you're like it's really easy to just crank out the content but then if you're not able to just continuously ride that wave. You end up with a content drought afterwards. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of it is figuring out not only how to be creative consistently, but also when you have those big bursts to kind of like narrow that stream down and space it out a little bit, maybe make a whole bunch of content at once, but you don't have to release it all at once. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I think that's a good, absolutely good set of advice. And I, I agree with you, Theron. Um, But I don't know that in my, in, 
in my wheelhouse or in the studio, there's ever a lack of inspiration or content. Mine is always like that time management for, mm-hmm. them, for it. Like you said, you know, is I have, I have so many things running at one time, but how do I, how do I decide which one is going to be the thing that I'm working on today? You know, how can I devote this four hours or this 45 minutes and how do I decide between the two kind of a thing? That's, that's a big one. That's the big challenge for me with content creation for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I feel both sides of the, of the puzzle on that one, because I feel like if I had made every idea I've had into a video, I would probably have like 10,000 videos on my channel, (laughs) but it comes down to time and effort you're going to put in. And sometimes you just don't have that motivation to like, get it all out, get it done. So, you know, for me, my channel, we most of the time launch daily videos. And in fact, even two a day, including shorts. And, and so I've held myself to that standard for the most part for years now. And it's been like, okay, we always have to get something out, but sometimes you end up like, oh, what, what's five easy things I can get done instead of like that big idea that's in my brain, like that keeps sitting there. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's very, it can be very tough to balance the whole act, I would say. Definitely. <laughs> Along with your executive producer, I have, I have one as well that wants to always get on my lap as soon as I <laughs> click records. <laughs> yeah, my cat just jumped on me for those you can't see, but she, she does this weird thing. She always has to jump onto my shoulder and then she will let me roll her down onto my lap and she'll stay there for an hour. <laughs> hour or two and sleep, but she won't get into my lap first. She has to go up on my shoulder and then I have to gently roll her down. So what a pain in the butt. Well, this is a three part question. So what's the rewarding component of it? Mm. You want to go first on this one, Hermes? Yeah, I can. I can. Rewarding for us as far as like our show, as far as our show is concerned and myself personally, is that connection to people, you know, I mean, I love seeing how big and beautiful the world was, but then how not alone it and you know how welcoming it can be especially in the community of vr you know that was one thing that theron got me interested like i said but what made me stick around has been the welcoming community the friends that you end up you know developing that's that's definitely a huge rewarding part about throwing the content out there and people connecting with it and staying connected with you after that for sure i totally agree being in the podcast community and then like you said hermes in the virtual reality community has been just amazing honestly i've met so many cool people uh actually next week i'm gonna go meet one of our podcast friends in person Uh, we're gonna hang out and have lunch so that's really cool kind of seeing those relationships grow from something that started as a, a like or a comment you know, just some symbol back and forth on the internet grow into a full-fledged human relationship uh, is amazing. And and yeah, as far as the VR side of it goes, like I said, my favorite place to, to go is hang out in VR chat. So I'm definitely all about that social aspect uh, yeah. because I, I live in a little bit of a rural area too. So it really helps helps you get out there without wasting gas money and time. Uh, it makes it easy. We just posted a shorts to our YouTube channel about going to the Tube VR nightclub uh, mm-hmm. out and watching live DJs play sets. It was the same as any other nightclub experience I've been to, except for that alcohol was cheaper and I didn't have to worry <laughs> about how I was going to get home that night. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe it smelled a little less too. <laughs> sure, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, nobody nobody bumped into me. Sorry, bro. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Well, the last part of this question is part I find really interesting. So for the people out there who are thinking about starting something like this, what's some aspect that you don't think people are aware of or they don't know coming into it? Mm, That's a good question for sure. It's honestly easier than you think. Like the biggest cliche, it's like when you ask any creator, like what's the first step? They say, like, just do it. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's true. Like even if you're doing things and they're not that great, you haven't quite found your vision or your voice or what it is you want your channel or your podcast or whatever it is to be about. Just getting out there is the way that you figure that stuff out. Uh, And that's, I think we can all 
speak that we have original video stuff from back in the day that maybe is a little cringe now when we look <laughs> back on it. But I still appreciate all of that content in my catalog personally, and I leave it up there because that's how I got to where I am now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally and, uh, agree yeah. With that So just there. prepare to be cringe, I guess, is, <laughs> is what I can boil that advice down to. <laughs> oh, man, I, I totally agree with you. And yeah, I mean, I don't know that there is anything that's better advice than that. Maybe, maybe the consistency portion that we touched on previously is just be prepared to take it. If you want to be serious about content creation, just take it serious. Like it's going to be as serious as you want to take it. If it's a hobby, great. It's, I mean, I love hobbies and we all have fun. We all love to hang out. And if that's the the level that you want to keep it, do it. But if you want to be serious about it, you want to, you know, do something even further than that or the next level up, just be prepared to take it that seriously and, you know, put in that, those hours, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. It's I, I'm with you both there. And like you said, if you say just do it, I, I tell people, you know, just start it and embrace the cringe is almost like a could yep. be a good motto for that. Because I think about man, if I'd started I'd for it was years that I've been thinking about starting a channel years, such a long time before I did. And if I had like, how much further would I be? What would be different now if I had just done it back then, instead of waiting till I had plenty of time and the right equipment, like, you yeah. know, phones take good videos, maybe just get started. Exactly. And for some people, that timing never even comes along too. Mm-hmm. like, that's a fortunate situation to be able, I'm in a similar one where I have some time to set aside to really focus on content creation. But for some people, like our podcast started out as just some ideas that were jotted down in voice notes that were like, <laughs> Oh, hey, let's get together on a phone call during COVID and kind of hash this out. Exactly. Uh, and then yeah, we just kept it going. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that's the thing too, is progression. You know, if you just do it, and you just start, then you have the wiggle room to get better and to improve mm-hmm. and build on stuff. If you don't ha- even start the foundation, then you know, you can envision the greatest mansion in your mind ever. But you're never if you don't lay that first brick, you're never getting it. I'm just sorry to say. <laughs> so yeah. yes, absolutely true. Shoopy had a question. Quest two is now the official NBA VR headset. Any have either of you heard why or got any speculation as to why that would be a thing? <laughs> uh, I, I have to assume it's because money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like everything else, right? Oh, yeah. That I know that right. they have they have the NFL game for mm-hmm. Quest Two as well, so it's, it's clearly they're trying to get into that kind of sports marketing. Uh, it it makes sense. I mean, Jay, you and I both use the Quest for Fitness pretty frequently, I think, mm-hmm. uh, and so there's definitely a crossover into that kind of athletic side. Uh, I've played some basketball games in VR before, and they were pretty fun. I do think from what I've seen, their implication, their implementation of it into the NBA games is kind of lackluster. Like, I don't even think it's actually a 180 or a 360 camera. It's just a, a 3D lounge where you can hang out and watch the game, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Why do we still not have a really great, like unlimited courtside tickets, unlimited on the field football tickets through VR headsets? You know, we have some apps that are doing some of it and getting better, but we're just still not quite there. And that's been a big thing. I've said, you know, fitness is a way into people who aren't gamers and sports is a way even to those people who aren't either, but we still aren't quite there on sports. So I hope with them saying that this is that it means something more is coming. I know I covered there was the there was an NBA. I can't think of it all now. There was like an app that was going to let you watch the games. But yeah, like you said, I don't think it was like the full courtside experience. Quite yeah, yet. I, I saw an ad for it. And yeah, it was they had a camera that was on courtside, but everything was like two dimensional. It was the same mm-hmm. view that you would get in your living room. They just put you into like a virtual man cave. And I don't <laughs> I can't imagine why like nobody I know who watches NBA games religiously would be willing to put on a headset just to watch 
watch the same thing they can see on their TV already. Yeah, and not be able to see your nachos when you're trying to grab them, not be able to see your friend's reaction. Like it, it's got to add more, not take things away to be better. Yeah. And and there is a way to do it. Uh, Hermes and I have been to several of Meta's VR concerts, uh, like Post Malone mm-hmm. one, and they were great. They were amazing experiences, even though they were just kind of like a glorified theater. Uh, it was. It felt like there was a community. There was a bunch of people. We were able to look at each other and talk about how great the music was. And so the, they can do it right. They just, they're slightly missing the mark. They're getting closer though. We just got to keep, te- you know, complaining about it and talking about it so that they, <laughs> yeah. you know, eventually they'll start listening. But I mean, that's kind of what it's all about, right? Is, is customer driven like uh, development, right? So. Yeah. Yeah. It, it'll get there. we got one last question this week from Racer and they asked, has anybody played Switchback yet on PSVR 2? Can you tell me what the shooting mechanics are like, the reloading and is it, are you sitting down the whole time? So I don't think either of you have a PSVR two. Am I correct? That is correct. correct. <laughs> have you seen Switchback? The ads for it's like a haunted roller coaster kind of ride. Mm-hmm. I've seen one of the ad reels for it. Okay. So I, I tried it and basically it looks like a spiritual success. We're seeing from the same studio that made Until Dawn, Rush of Blood, which was a PSVR one game that was a scary roller coaster. It was a great fun experience. A lot of scares, a lot of laughs. You put new people to VR in it. And weirdly, it didn't even really make most people sick. It was designed really well. <laughs> well, Switchback is kind of the opposite. It's a very oh, intense, no. hardcore roller coaster. And I'm someone who never gets sick from VR anymore. But I came out of that thing kind of lightheaded and tired, which people don't realize are symptoms of simulator sickness. You don't have to feel nauseous or like you're going to throw up. Getting lightheaded, getting disoriented, getting really tired are all also symptoms. And I came out and that thing kind of ruined my afternoon, unfortunately. And there's been some learning since then. Apparently the persistence inside of the PSVR 2 headset, especially if you have your brightness turned up, is really high. And so it's creating these objects that don't disappear the way they're supposed to and things that are adding to people's motion sickness who have not had had this in years. And so I've got to give that little warning disclaimer about switchback. Nothing makes me sick. And I felt terrible after coming out of switchback. But how about you guys? Do you guys get sick still in VR? Do you ever get sick? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, if you're, I feel like I I feel attacked in this question here, Jay, because (laughs) I'm notorious. That's another reason why Demio is kind of my go-to still. Mm -hmm. And even VR chat can be too overwhelming where I'll start to get sick. I mean, oh yeah. I, I don't even know how long I've had the uh, headset for, uh, you know, years now. And I still, if it's, if it's moving too fast and this is into the point of the brightness too, is like, I've tried everything, the fan in the room, you know, grounding just the feet, uh, mm-hmm. everything. And if Doing it's just gum. moving too fast, gum, yeah. Gum actually has been the most success that we've had, you know, our most successful thing we've tried, but good. At the end of the day, yeah, if it's if it's just moving too fast, there's too much going on for whatever reason. Yeah, my my old brain is like, just put back put back the NES and, and leave me alone kind of a thing because I get really like downhill f- in what five minutes quick. Yeah, there, it's, right? it, it goes quick. You'll go from everything is good to just like, all right, I'm logging off so I can go throw up now. Bye. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's a consistent thing for sure. So I, I would not try that game. <laughs> no, no. One, one thing you might not have tried that I'd be curious to know. Uh, I don't know if you have a halo strap or you can put one on your headset, but take the facial interface completely off and try playing where you can still see like the edge of the real world or like the quest pro is built like that. I'd be curious because some people have really good effects with being able to actually still see a bit of the real world out of the corners of their eyes while they're in VR. I would love to try it. And I saw your video on the, um, on the, um, what was it? The, oh crap. Now I'm blanking on it. The, uh, 
I mean, you did a couple of them at that, at that, um, at that convention, but mm-hmm. I was, I was thinking the same thing. It's like ARG is might might be more my, uh, you know, augmented reality might be more mm-hmm. my game versus actual full immersion. Like you said, closed off. But at the same time, I'm like, I can't wait for the matrix pods. You know, as soon as I got these matrix pods, my whole immersion is like touch feel mm-hmm. sense. I'm transported there. I'll probably be ready to go. But right now this intermittent stage, right? Yeah. It's, it, it, right. it doesn't work for me. They have to move my inner ear into the virtual world along with <laughs> <Yeah>. everything else. <laughs> exactly. Yes, you need the motion simulators. <laughs> well, for racer, let me answer the questions. Yes. What are the shooting mechanics? Like uh, it's a lot like Russia blood, different guns are in your hands. You're aiming forward with the triggers they feel pretty good it's got some aim assist if you turn it on easy or normal mode so it's not quite as hard as real shooting you you press a button to reload uh or you shake the controllers weirdly you shake them and they reload so you don't need to manually reload it is a seated experience throughout the entire go yes it's you're on a roller coaster you're supposed to be sitting down there's not gonna be any need to stand up or move around and if you do you're probably gonna get pretty disoriented and maybe say that sounds like extra hard mode (laughs) (laughs) yeah you're gonna crank it up a notch yeah we got all kinds of things happening in the vr world we got to talk about the news but before we do we got a shout out to our sponsor real quick asterian products they make the gorgeous aura vr headset stand you can see it on theron's screen if you're here he's showing it off uh if you want to go check them out on amazon use code full dive 10 to save 10 percent off on us now psvr2 we were just talking about it launched a couple months ago but it launched only on sony direct you had to buy it through the website with actual money or credit you know whatever you do but this excluded all of the people who had saved up 400 600 of gift cards from amazon over the last year and a half or from christmas target gift cards sales finally it's coming to brick and mortar stores we don't know we we know that it seems to be in the us and uk at least so far as the plan May 11th for the US and May 12th for the UK. Hermes, were you even aware? You guys haven't followed the PSVR 2 as much. Were you even aware that it only launched on Sony first? No, I to be honest with you. I mean, that makes sense now that we're, you know, discussing uh, that, that does make sense to me. But no, I, 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 I <laughs> why, why does that not make sense? It's like you said there, it's money. It's like control. Like it totally makes sense. Why? But it's why, like if you for, want people to buy something and have it in their homes, if you're trying to increase adoption, especially when you're competing they're against not. Meta. They are, though. Like, that, Why would you make a product if you're not trying to sell it? It's just so weird to me that you would put up that additional barrier to entry because I I don't have a PlayStation. I'm an Xbox guy. And so I haven't even looked into buying the PSVR 2. But if I did, I would have went to like Best Buy or something and been like, hey, t- tell me about this. And then one of those poor guys there would have had to been like, no, you go to Sony's website. And then I, I would know, have been man. angry because I wanted to go home and play PSVR 2 that day. Mm-hmm. Do you really do that much retail shopping or do you do what almost everyone does, which is online shopping? So <laughs> when I want something immediately, I do retail shopping because I want to play it tonight. Come on, get out of the sticks, man, and get that overnight shipping. All right. <laughs> no, I don't try the amazon be losing my shit all the time <laughs> it's just the sticks man the sticks the chupacabra and bigfoot be stealing it oh <laughs> uh, well yeah we're it, that's exactly it like i've been racking my brain even when they announced in the first place they were going to do this i was like why and people said oh because the scalpers or it's because they have limited quantities so they were only letting each party or home buy one at a time sony has never cared about scalpers look yeah. at the way they did the <laughs> ps5 release like, <laughs> yeah yeah so like the only thing i could think i was asking myself what is a disadvantage to sending it to brick and mortar and then i was like well they have to get a cut so if they're already selling this thing at a loss maybe it was smart to get that full 
$550, $600 on the Sony website because they, they didn't have to share the money with anybody. And then as months goes on, as parts get cheaper, prices can come down. Maybe now they're saying, okay, let's get this into stores. Because I don't know exactly how game consoles work, but I know in general for stores, you mark up a product twice what you paid for it. So if that's the case, if Sony only gets $300 of each sale back, that's a pretty huge cut that they could have kept keeping it on Sony. Yeah, fair point. No, that is, a, that is a good point. Yeah, I yeah. definitely didn't think about that. But from from the business-minded aspect, that makes sense. It does. That's why I don't run a multi-million dollar gaming corporation, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> We're getting there. We're getting there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, this is a big deal. This is, I mean, this is a couple weeks away, but there was a lot of people on the time on Reddit and stuff that I saw that were like, I had all this money in Amazon gift cards. This is how I was going to buy it. I don't have cash to go buy this. From you guys, Guys who don't have a PSVR 2, what are your impressions of it that you've heard online or you've read in reviews? Do you think that people who didn't buy it in the first place but have that money set aside, are they still going to go buy it from what they've heard about it? Ooh. I was just actually asking myself that same question. How many <laughs> people are going to be lining up at this point to go get one if they didn't already figure out a way to get it? I think there will be some because for me, like I said, I'm not a PlayStation fanboy. Uh, I haven't, I didn't try the PSVR 1, but I do really want to try out the PSVR 2. It does a lot of really cool things that no other headsets are doing right now. Uh, like the adaptive triggers, the headset haptics, like actually in the facial interface is really cool. Uh, and so I, I think they do still have things to offer to somebody who would be interested, especially if they had a PS5 already. I think like lots of people have covered, if you already own a PS5, the PSVR 2 is really the cheapest way to get into really high quality VR at this point. But also there's been, you know, people reviewing it and talking about the drawbacks, the mirror that it has. Like you were just saying, some games have a weird way they draw the objects that potentially can make you a little more nauseous. Like there are there's definitely a subset of people who might have ran out and bought it immediately who are probably scared away from it now. And I would mm -hmm. be really curious if Sony's profits offset that or if it would have just been like we would have made the same amount of money either way. Uh, it's just about how we divide it up in the long run. Yeah, I don't know, man. It, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm like I'm picking my words carefully here because I just don't have enough experience on either side of it to really to really gauge it. I feel like accurately or correctly. But if I mean, I, I use my wife because she definitely is more into consoles. And if she's thinking about it, maybe I don't know, like you said, maybe some of the drawbacks are still quiet enough where she doesn't care or, or hasn't heard about it, Theron. But at the same time, I don't know. I wonder if, yeah, maybe we're going to see similar to like the quest where we see maybe second gen, third gen kind of a thing where that's when they really hammer out all those issues. And then where I will be like, yeah, it's definitely now worth it to grab it. But I think, isn't that the consensus overall is everybody was like, if you have it, try it out. If you don't, probably don't spend the money. That's that's general consensus, right? I, I feel like that's what I've yeah, heard. Yeah, it's more because of price than quality, though. I mean, if you don't have a PS5 and you, you're talking buying a PS5 and buying a PS3 and buying some games to play on it, you've easily sank $1,200. Right. That's right, a yeah. lot when you can get mm -hmm. a Quest for $400. At that price point, might as well just start going to PC route, right? If you're mm -hmm. already, if you have $1,500 to burn, just go PC route for sure. <laughs> yeah, you're almost there. And I, I've heard it's going to be difficult, but I think if they are able to kind of crack that nut of getting the PSVR 2 working on PC, mm -hmm. then I think there are, there's going to be a market there that's really interested in what it has to offer, but doesn't really care about the PS5 at all. Yeah, yeah, I agree for sure. Yeah, it's it's interesting times. I'll, I'll give a little perspective here for the listeners and for you guys, but I've got to say I have two 
PSVR 2s. It was not my plan initially, but after I pre-ordered one forever ago, like two weeks before launch, Sony contacted me. It was like, hey, we want to send you a PSVR 2. And I was like, awesome. I already pre-ordered one, but I'll take a second one. Because, of course. Yeah. yeah. My favorite thing with PSVR 1 was having two of them and having people local co-op playing together on both of them. And I will be honest, since launch, I have not played my PSVR 2 nearly as much as I would like. Part of that, of course, is time and life and things come up. But the other part is like, there are so many good games that are on PSVR 1 and it's not backwards compatible that I can't play them on PSVR 2. And then the ones on PSVR 2, I've played a lot of them on Quest already. So it's like, do I want to reinvest that money? And there's not enough exclusive good games on PSVR 2 yet that I'm not really wanting to just be in it all the time playing stuff. You mix that with a little bit of weird motion sickness I got in one game. And I I hate to say my PSVR 2 is collecting a lot more dust than I thought it would be. Do you think the secondary then for you opening up secondary market for selling it or something is going to be something that actually has interest in it then? Like yourself, Jay, would you be interested in selling it or would you think anybody be interested in buying it? I mean, I could sell it pretty quick because I could probably put the price just a little bit lower than the retailer's price and someone would grab it up. I'm keeping them both because I believe that once the right games come, I'm going to be really glad I have it. But it almost feels just like when I got the PS5. It was like, oh, this is launch and it's exciting. It has these new features, Mm -hmm. but it sat there and waited for the right games to show up. And I barely played the thing for two years. So uh, it's it's tough. Yeah. Have you played any Gran Turismo? Because that's the that's what I want to try on the PSVR two more than anything. That's the <laughs> one that's really been been tickling my fancy. That was a shocker to me because I actually have a full racing wheel set up from PSVR one. Still works on this one, and I thought, oh yeah, this is gonna be cool. But like, it was never. It was like have people over, play some racing games, feel that real immersion with it, and it was cool. But I never thought Gran Turismo seven would be the only thing on PSVR two I want to play, and it pretty much is the only thing I want to play. It is like if you're a racing sim and enthusiast and you don't want to go buy a pc and a whole rig for that that is the one case use i would say that is definitely worth it on the psvr2 and it never makes me feel sick never makes me feel ill at all and other people i put in who are prone to motion sickness don't seem to get sick in gran turismo either they did something really right with that game that is like the one game it's like oh my gosh this makes the system worth it and it's the game i've played by far the most okay i'd be interested in that one for sure yeah, if i'm not gonna get like I said, that's the enthusiasm that really makes me Makes yeah. you want to check it out. <laughs> yeah, get a wheel if you're going to do it. I mean, uh, a controller is going to be cool still. But man, if you can get on it with a wheel that's got force feedback, especially you get like the rig. I have like a like a mini collapsible rig. It's not like a serious enthusiast thing, but it's like a stand that holds it all. And then I pull my gaming chair over there. And mm-hmm. yes, that is definitely the one thing that makes it worth it right now. <laughs> and it's kind of the one thing that's like making me not regret having them because otherwise I'd just be like, oh man, these are sitting. And I even need to play a game for another podcast and I, I haven't even played it yet because I'm just like, I, I throw the quest on so quick and I get into games so quick that it can be hard to be like, okay, let's get this thing out, get in and play. So that is all I have to say about that. <laughs> We got some other interesting news in the VR scene. So when it comes to VR, unfortunately, the only people who have ever been really straightforward with us, it seems like, is Sony. They were always announcing their PSVR 1 sales figures. They were always telling us, hey, we've sold this many. This is what's happening. Meta never tells us crap, it seems like. But analysts watch the market. They watch how many game sales they can see, reviews come up, and they come up with sometimes really accurate estimates of how much the market has made. And analysts are saying they believe that VR apps have now made $3 billion billion dollars since the consumer launched back in 2016 what do you think uh, that's all you there 
I think that $3 billion is a lot of money. But also, <laughs> didn't Meta just put $10 billion into VR <laughs> kind of segment of, of what they're doing behind this behind the scenes? So we're we're still at a at a seven billion dollar deficit as far as I can see. <laughs> but it's good news. I think that the more people that are getting into VR on the game studio side is gonna really increase the appeal for everyone. Uh, like you said, the biggest holdup of the PS5 is that there aren't enough good games yet. And so developers seeing that, oh, there are there are very much many piles of money to be made over here will help out VR in general. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, like you said there, if there's a deficit, but if it was 30 million, we wouldn't even be having the conversation, right? So I, I think the the fact that it isn't going in that direction. And did you expect it to go that fast? I don't mean, if you had asked me when you were first bugging me about VR, it's like, oh, it's going to be a $3 billion, you know, uh, <laughs> figure in, in this year. I'm like, okay, sure. <laughs> you know, I, I would even, even visiting a VR chat, I'd be like, okay, dude. So I don't know. <laughs> Knowing that, it, like maybe I didn't throw the number three billion around, but that's why I was like, we have to do a VR podcast. Trust me, this, <laughs> the wave it's just starting. We can still get on this. <laughs> oh, so, that's what. It, yeah, that's true. yeah. This is this is the wave I'm talking about. <laughs> All right, that's fair enough. I mean, but it's also one of those things where just it keeps making more more and more sense. So I think as long as it keeps doing that direction, it yeah. It'll, it'll be all right. Well, Meta, Meta will figure it out. I'm, and like we've talked about many times, at least somebody's taking that chance. You know, at least they're doing that 10 billion now, right? Rather than, you know, it never get that. Like we talked about earlier about the foundation, about building what, you know, content. As long as you're taking that risk in the beginning and doing the legwork, I think I think it's going to be, you know, pretty exciting. <laughs> I love I love the shoulder to the lap. <laughs> shoulder instant roll to the lap. Well, yeah, an interesting thing about this figure in this article is they talk about 3 billion is is what they've estimated and 1 billion of that though was before basically the quest hit market and 2 billion so 2 thirds has all been pretty directly because of the quest or since the quest, which matches pretty closely to meta, at least finally gave us a figure at one point that they had a one and a half billion dollars that had come. So this does seem to be on par with what they've said too, but it goes to show like, just like you Hermes. And if I remember correctly, you too, Theron, it wasn't until the quest that either of you stepped into VR. Yeah, yeah, no, not seriously. I, I don't think Hermes had tried any VR at all. And for me, it was just like, you know, cardboard. I'd done some stuff mm -hmm. at the mall. Like I had played around with it a little bit, but the Quest 2 was the first time that it really became like accessible for me because uh, I, I saw the Quest 1 and was like, that's cool. It's not quite there yet. Uh, and given the way that they kind of got did dirty after a year, I'm glad that I waited. <laughs> yeah they did usually usually at this point in the podcast we talk about the games we've been playing what we've been doing lately but this actually works perfectly with where we're going because what i wanted to hear with you guys here especially since you weren't vr enthusiasts from the start how did your where did you start in the gaming world where did you start your journey and what eventually brought you into vr and what do you play now so take your time take turns here let me know but i'd love to hear your whole journey basically start to finish life story of gaming oh yeah <laughs> so i personally started playing video games at a super young age probably not as young as kids today are now but like five <laughs> or six uh and what i started out with very specifically it was a hand-me-down game boy with a japanese copy of pokemon Red. <laughs> uh in case anybody who's not watching the podcast can't tell by the sound of my voice i'm not japanese nor do i speak <laughs> japanese 
as a five-year-old, I was just barely learning to read English. And so I, I had this game that I basically would blunder through and just click <laughs> random options that I didn't know what anything was doing until I got progress. And my parents saw that I was like so determined to play this Japanese game that they actually ended up going and buying me the English version. <laughs> And because they're like, well, you know, he's he's going to learn how to read out of it at least. And so I, I played that copy to death, still have that game. I still have the <laughs> Japanese one, too, actually. <laughs> and then, yeah, from there, it was just whatever console I could get my hands on. Played a lot of Xbox, uh, had a couple of different versions of the Nintendo DS, played all the way up through to the Xbox One, um, and then got, I think we got a Switch and a Quest 2 right around the same time. And I like the Switch. It's really cool for some stuff, but the Quest 2 completely changed the way that I look at gaming. Uh, and it's really hard for me to go back to flat screen stuff. More recently, I've had to because uh, I actually just had of my newborn. Uh, and so that's my first son. And so I'm not able, one of the downsides of VR is how isolating it is. Uh, that immersion mm -hmm. factor. And so I've had to go back to flat screen gaming a little bit more just so I can, you know, kind of keep an eye on him at the same time. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, I, mine's similar to yours there and actually, and we're same age, so it makes sense why, but I had older siblings. So I definitely started on the uh, older console N64 and then, uh, you know, like Mortal Kombat, but I would say even, even further back from that, do, do arcades count? That counts as gaming, right? Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. Like nickel. Yeah. So like Pac-Man and all those, I always, I always loved that. You know, the, my parents would just give you like $10 in, in nickels for the day and you could spend hours and hours at the arcade. <laughs> But and that's actually funny enough where VR first now that I'm thinking about it entered my life was those like headset, you know, that drops down and you're in the airplane or the shooter game. Yeah, that you big know, what, yellow helicopter thing. Yeah, exactly. God, exactly. I remember that. Yeah. And and that's kind of the you know, in in uh, in hindsight, yeah, where it all started and coming back to it. And I got sick in, in those. I never really liked those in the arcade either. So <laughs> <laughs> so coming full circle for like VR, you know, after going through all of the PlayStation consoles. I was not an Xbox guy. I went play, PlayStation 1, I think my parents got me. I was probably like 7 or 8 or something like that. And they were like, you know, this little, you know, you. I don't even know what, what their rationale was, but I remember they wouldn't get me any of the mainstream games. I had like just chess. So I would just grab the controller and, you know, like move pawns around in a similar fashion that Theron's describing. I didn't know anything, but, you know, I, I had simple games like that. And then the PS2, I got, think I got like Dragon Ball Z, Budokai 3, and, or 2 and 3. And that was like, oh, this is like Mortal Kombat. I love this. Then PlayStation 3 I got for myself. And then I, I don't know, I dropped off with gaming for a while. And then Theron kind of roped me back in for a similar. He's like, oh, you can, we could do it for so many other productive things. You know, it's exercise. It's, you know, communication. It's all of these things. So roped me back into it, got motion sickness. And um, now that, um, now that I've, I don't know, found the games that work for me. I, I do see all the options for it and as it gets better as well. The um, the price and the equipment side, you know, being as light as it is and mobile as it is and all that stuff, I don't have to go to the arcade and have that giant helmet to, you know, put on for a VR experience. All of that was kind of how it definitely sold me and, you know, where our journey has led to now. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. I always love hearing the story too because I mine's not totally different. I mostly remember growing up on the N64. Uh, that was like a lot of my childhood was Mario 64, Zelda Ocarina time. Mm -hmm. We actually owned a Genesis before that. It was we were kind of late to the game because we weren't very well off, so we got systems like way after the fact. No joke, my brother and I actually we had asthma as kids, and we we got into some sketchy asthma studies and make like four hundred dollars or three hundred dollars, and I bought a place. He bought an N64. 
<laughs> that was like what we mostly played growing up. Gotta but, respect the hustle. Honestly, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was the only way. We knew our parents weren't gonna be able to afford it. So we were like, hey, we're gonna just do some weird medical study, probably have some problems later in life, but we got these systems and I loved it. I, I was never like a fanboy to one console. I mean, I owned an Xbox 360, I owned a Wii, I owned, I think, a PS2, and finally got to that point where I was like, Am I just aging out of gaming? Like, I don't find games I want to play anymore. Maybe I'm just maybe I'm just growing out of it. And then I started seeing videos of the first Oculus DK one. And I was like that, that is all I want to have whenever it comes to market, whatever it is. And then when it was the PSVR was finally coming out, I pre-ordered the first one because I didn't have back then you had to have like a $2,000 PC. Plus it was like a thousand bucks for the PC headset. It was like, no, I'm going to get this PSVR one. And then in the meantime, AT&T did this thing where if you got a new phone, you got the Samsung Gear VR. So I got that after I'd pre-ordered the PSVR. And even that, you know, as crappy as it was, I like got an Xbox controller type controller that worked with it. I got headphones for it. And the experience on it was good enough that I was like, this is awesome. I love this. And I've been an absolute VR evangelist and hardcore VR gamer ever since those days. But it's always interesting to hear because some people joined it early, some people joined it later, but the quest really brought it to the masses for everybody. No one can deny that fact. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I dig it's funny that you mentioned that because when I look back, I realize that I've always been like a hopeful enthusiast in VR, even back when it wasn't that good. Like I, it was funny. I didn't even notice how the other day we were watching like Spy Kids 3 and I was like, this movie's just about VR. They're totally just playing <laughs> VR games. Like this is <laughs> And then like even I a friend of mine had an old virtual boy that I tried that was like terrible. And then the experiences at the arcade. And I think that was what took me the reason that it took me so long to really get my own VR setup is because everything I tried was like, cool, I got the idea. We're not quite there yet. I don't yeah. know that I'm ready to invest in this. And so the quest two was just that perfect nexus point of performance and price absolutely yeah yeah it really changed things and that's what we need more of we need the headsets to continue to push us forward in a way that will be friendly to those people who haven't because there's enthusiasts like us i mean you guys you probably wouldn't have any qualms with getting in a wired headset now and trying it out you know there's there's levels of people who are willing to put up with that and there's a lot of people that haven't and that just would never even consider touching one that has a cable on it it's just not and a that's thing. Even I'm mean, on the edge. I would try yeah. it, but I don't know if I could commit to it. Like, <laughs> same, same, same. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's tough. I, I had it for years before Quest and getting the Quest and being wireless and now trying to go back with the PSVR 2 with the cable. It's a nuisance. And it's a minor enough nuisance that a lot of people say, oh, it's no deal, but it's a nuisance. Like, it it's enough of one that I'm like, oh my gosh, this I, I've been wireless for so long. It's hard to take that step yeah. back. Right, it's, it's wireless it's hard world. To go back. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna take our cell phones back to landlines now, guys. Come on, it's 2023. <laughs> I love well, the way that... some people keep their batteries; they're plugged in all the time, so they're practically wired phones. Mm. Jeez. <laughs> no, that's. I know some people who are like they play VR chat all day, and it's they just sit by the wall while they play. They're like, "Yeah, I just leave it plugged in." And it's like, dude, how? That's not fun. What are you doing right now? <laughs> yes, get a battery head strap, people. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, you kind of touched on it earlier in the podcast. You you are obviously in VR chat a lot. Is there any other standout games at the moment either of you are playing or something new you tried recently that you want to share? Uh, so for me, the most it's not really a game. It's more of an application, I would say. But I've been really interested in Flipside Studio. It looks like it is really has a ton of excellent tools for producing content and shows and podcasts like we're trying mm -hmm. to do. 
And so currently we do all of our VR podcast episodes in VR chat, which works, but it's a little bit hacky. We've got a couple of workarounds and anyone who's watched our videos will be kind of familiar with the way that we like to use mirrors and specific angles to make it so stuff works. And so the idea of being able to go into Flipside and set up multiple camera angles that I could stream straight to Twitch standalone without needing a PC uh, I, you could set up teleprompters and different lighting and scenes. It's just so much more flexible for content creation mm-hmm. that I'm really excited about what it's going to do for our channel. I mean, damn, this is why I let Theron show, you know, lead the way when it comes to <laughs> VR, because that that sounds amazing. And for the same reasons that I would describe um, uh, workrooms like that whole Facebook or meta mm-hmm. workrooms, right? Because I mean, yeah, we sound kind of old, but our main objective is like content creation is, you know, collaboration. How do we work remotely? We're on different sides of the country. So these things are extremely important to me and to us. And so, yeah, workrooms is what I was going to say. But now I'm like, what is, what is this? What is this other one that Theron's looking into? I kind of want to try try this one. Yeah. Yeah. Flipside Studios, for those of you out there who haven't heard, it's basically just it's free and it's just an application that is made to make movies in VR, to make shows in VR, to make podcasts in VR. You can you can use avatars. You can create your own. There's actually a phone app that goes with it that you can create avatars and I believe even props. You've got whole sets, different camera angles, different lighting. It's basically a virtual movie set, but with unlimited assets without costing $100,000 to build it. So it's looking to really change the way people are looking at how do I produce content in VR? And it's it's free. So like, oh, why not try it? I don't know. I don't even, I think I've been pretty good with swearing, but this is like one of those holy shit moments. Yeah. Because <laughs> I, I uh, Thared, we're doing this like immediately. <laughs> yeah, dude, I, you need to go back and check through. I sent you the link so long ago. You probably did. <laughs> you probably did. That's the thing. Like we were saying, so you have so many projects. Oh. It's hard to determine what to focus on. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep. It's always hard always. to keep up. Well, of course, we're going to have links in the show notes in the description to the Scuttlebutt podcast. For those of you who have liked what you've heard today, you want to check out more. Is there things coming up with your podcast you want to share? Tell everybody about what you're doing, what you're up to. Go ahead, there. <laughs> well, on the, the Scuttlebutt VR YouTube side, we do have a video coming out very soon that's going to be a product review for some controller weights. Um, that mm-hmm. are kind of a similar idea to the Kiwi ones, but uh, so far, from what I can tell, maybe a little bit superior design. Nice. So be on the lookout for that and kind of we're going to compare and contrast them and let people know kind of what the best VR dumbbell weight is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then on the normal podcast side, we're just the Scuttlebutt podcast and we do occasionally talk about VR, but we generally tend to talk about everything from music to entertainment to authors to current events and what's going on in the military. Uh, And so if you're looking to check out any of that content, we're basically anywhere that you can find podcasts. We're on Instagram, we're on Facebook. So just uh, Scuttbutt Pod is what you're going to search for and you'll be able to find us just about anywhere you punch that in. Yes. And this is why Theron does the marketing and is the business side of the house. (laughs) I will ramble and rant and have no point at all, but everything Theron said is is exactly what we're about. (laughs) Oh, I love it. Well, again, thank you so much. It's good to have you guys back. I always love getting to run into you. So thank you for coming on. Uh, Thanks for having us, Jay. Yeah, Yeah, it's a pleasure. (laughs) Hey, and if you're out there and you want to ask us some questions to discuss in the Q&A section, come join the Discord server. That's where we pull all these questions from. And we're way behind on them at the moment. We have too many questions, but we're catching up a little each episode. So hopefully these like two month old questions we answered today 
will be heard by the people who ask them. But of course, over there, you can provide suggestions, help create the future of the podcast with us. And if you're listening, we're here on YouTube. You can come see these beautiful people, kind of. I'll, I'll leave the surprise in case you don't know what you're seeing for Hermes over here. But And if you're here, of course, watching, but you, you don't get enough of us, we're on every audio platform to take on the go. But remember, if you've been thinking about VR forever, like some of us we talked about in this episode, we're at the point where it's time to do it. Just dive on in. Yeah.